Welcome to Empowered Radio. I am your host, Emma Montgomery, an online nutrition and fitness coach and creator of Shred Within. Each week, we'll talk all things nutrition, training, and mindset. You'll be able to take my tips and strategies and apply what you learn to see results with both your body and your mind. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey guys, welcome back. On today's show, we have Mike Milner. He is a nutrition coach. Um, I'm going to let him go into specifically what he does because he'll be able to describe it much better than I will. Um, but he does coaching based on your personality in terms of how your diet is set up. So it's super cool, but I just really, um, wanted to start with obviously thanking Mike for being on. Um, I know you guys are going to take a ton away from this episode. He shares a lot of the same philosophies that I do in terms of fitness and nutrition. So Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to jump in because I know we have similar stories um, in terms of how we got into the fitness and nutrition space. But um, I really wanted to just jump in and start with your backstory, like how you started your fitness journey and then how you got into um, coaching and specifically what you do in your method, if you want to take it away. and Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll try to keep this short and sweet, although that's not really my strong suit. It might get a little long-winded. So I grew up as an athlete. I played pretty much every sport, main three, basketball, tennis, soccer. Uh, I was kind of, you know, never, I I considered myself like the lucky one in my family. So I grew up with being exposed to dieting through my parents, mostly my mom. And then also I have two older sisters. Um, At some point or another, everybody in my family struggled with body image issues, weight, yep. dieting, things like that. Uh, some not so extreme, like in my dad's case, and some very extreme in my oldest sister's case, who uh, she almost lost her life to anorexia. So uh-huh. it was like very much part of my family. And I was like, oh, I'm the lucky one. I play sports. I don't have to worry about what I eat. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm really fortunate. And then I went to college, continued playing sports after I graduated Um, I had picked up a lot of typical college kid habits in what I was eating and what I was drinking. And once sports, uh, organized sports were no longer a thing in my life at that point, I gained a lot of weight very quickly. And it felt like it was overnight. Obviously, it doesn't happen overnight, but it truly, you know, was one of those things where I remember going into the bathroom. Um, I was still living in Maryland, which is where I went to school. Um, I grew up outside of Philadelphia went to school, University of Maryland, and I was at this house. I had graduated. I go into the bathroom. I look in the mirror and I was like, holy shit, I don't recognize who this person is. And it was like this massive identity crisis because my entire social life was based around sports. Like all of my my friends, people that I hung out with, all my connections were through sports. So my thought in my crazy mind at the time was, okay, I don't feel confident going to see anybody at home. I don't feel confident seeing friends that I haven't seen in a while because I know they're going to make all of these jokes and comments. So my thing was, let me get this weight off as fast as humanly possible so I can get back to being quote unquote me again. Yep. And that was my mindset. So I didn't know anything at the time. I, like I said, I never had to worry about nutrition. I never had to really consider what, what I should do for activity because I was always doing something. And my 
thought process was I'm going to eat as little as possible and do a bunch of cardio. <laughs> and what we all do. Me, yeah. Right. It was like, that led me down the path of, of chronic dieting. And so from considering myself the lucky one to not having issues, I developed a lot of issues. I developed um, a poor relationship with food, a poor relationship with exercise, a poor relationship with my body. And I would lose a bunch of weight. I would gain it back really quickly. I would rinse and repeat that cycle over and over again. And um, it was a long time until I figured it out. I'm, I guess I'm a slow learner, but I kept repeating kind of the same mistakes over and over again. The first big turning point for me was when I found strength training, realized that I didn't have to spend two hours on a cardio machine every single day being miserable. And that was like the first kind of paradigm shattering moment where I was like, okay, this is actually showing me progress that I haven't seen before where it feels sustainable. It's more empowering. I can see myself getting stronger. So that was the first thing. And then I still struggled with the nutrition. The nutrition was always the biggest mental roadblock for me. Um, I found macros. I became way too obsessed with tracking. I was the perfectionist. I started avoiding social situations. I'm just going to stay home and hit my macro because, you know, that's the most important thing in the world. And um, it really led me to, so like eventually I kind of crawled out of that hole and found what works best for me. And it led me to want to help other people avoid the same mistakes that I made along the way. And that's how I got into coaching. It was actually first as a personal trainer, but as I was training at a local gym, I realized and noticed that everybody still struggled with their nutrition. It would be the same people showing up over and over and over again, and their bodies never changed. And they would lose a bunch of weight and gain it back. And I'm like, this, this is like watching myself, but like from a a future version. And uh, so I was like, I really need to get more into the nutrition side. And I became obsessed. I have a, a very obsessive personality. So when I get into something, I feel like I have to learn everything about it and truly master it. And that was the approach I took with nutrition. Um, unfortunately I started working for a company as a nutrition coach and their philosophy just didn't jive with me. Um, it was very cookie cutter. It wasn't personalized. And, um, I had a conversation as one of my early mentors, um, his name's Christian Thibodeau. We had a two hour Skype call and he talked to me about my personality and it was like the first time anybody ever gave me permission to just like be me. He's like, you know, you're, you're not the problem. You're actually the solution. And I was like, wow, I've never thought about it like that. Like this whole time I've been trying to fight against my personality and it's led me to chronic dieting, body dysmorphia, disordered eating, all of these things, orthorexia and leaning into like my strengths and understanding my weaknesses. It like completely opened my mind. So that was how I got into more of a personality based approach. When I started working with him, I saw more progress in like 12 weeks than I had in the previous, I don't know, decade combined. And that's how I ended up starting my own business and coaching thousands of people at this point and really taking more of a a personalized approach, uh, really understanding like who each individual is at their core and then being able to play to those strengths and understand their weaknesses. So um, I apologize if that was. No, it was perfect. And I love it because, um, you know, as an athlete too, I always think about like how, um, and even when I managed like in banking and and I coached bankers and tellers, then it was one of those that I would always say, well, you have to like coach people differently. You can't coach people the same way. And, and that really, it, people don't think about it, but it does apply to nutrition and literally anything. And so I really want you to talk about the personality diet, like how you like 
if you want to give examples or whatever, I just think this is super interesting. And you're literally the only human that I know that does this. Um, But it makes so much sense as to why someone would want to do this. Yeah. So starting and like we can, this is a topic that can get like very into the weeds and very or we can keep it very surface level. So I like to start surface level and then dig deeper. Yeah. On, On the surface, right? Everything starts in our brain. It like when it comes to results, when it comes to achieving anything in life, it all starts in our brain, even from like, okay, you understand the way that your metabolism works. All of the signaling for our metabolism starts in the brain. So we are ignoring the psychology piece of it. I think that oftentimes our industry in general focuses a lot on the physiology and ignores the psychology. And for me personally, this is just my opinion. My opinion is that we have to start by understanding the psychology in order to influence the physiology. And you you have to address both. But I believe that if we start with the brain first, yep. the physical stuff is a lot easier to accomplish. Um, and, and I was living proof of that. I tried to hate myself lean for so long. Like I was trying to force the physical without the mental and it was never going to connect until I took care of what was between my ears. You know, the rest didn't matter. So that's kind of like the starting point. And then from like a personality standpoint, we understand the analogy that I like to give is, okay, so we have all of these diets out there that claim to be the best diet and all these different philosophies. And should you eat carbs? Should you not eat carbs? Should you fast? Should you not fast? What should your macros look like? How do we break things down? All of that stuff. You've got, you know, keto and carnivore and paleo, all these different diet philosophies. And to say that there's one approach that works for everybody is the equivalent of saying that there's one type of person that is for everybody. In other words, if I were to create like an online dating profile and I was going to create this avatar and I was like, okay, brown hair, brown eyes, um, you know, whatever the the features are going to be. And that's the person that everybody needs to date that avatar. Everyone would be like, that makes no sense. Yeah. But, but we do that with nutrition, right? We think, that there's the way we think that there's one way of doing things and we try to find the best diet. And so kind of like understanding, we all have personal preferences. So from a personality standpoint, we have tendencies based off of the way that we're wired. Um, So now getting into more of like the technical side of it, your personality, your personality characteristics, it's actually the best indicator for us to know your neurotransmitter balance and Neurotransmitters are just chemical messengers that control everything in the body from our mood to emotions, to blood flow, digestion, um, all pretty much every single process in the body is, uh, needs neurotransmitters to make it happen. They're just messengers. Um, but they give us insight into, so when we, when we know your personality characteristics, we know what neurotransmitters are dominant for each individual. Uh, you can do a blood test, but a blood test only gives you a snapshot in time. So it doesn't really tell us much about the system as a whole, whereas your personality traits tell us more about the system as a whole. And an example would be for somebody who's very extroverted, outgoing, uh, more of a risk taker, very charismatic, talkative, kind of like a natural leader. We know that it's very strongly correlated with dopamine dominance, dopamine being the neurotransmitter that's responsible for pleasure-seeking behaviors and motivation um, and the reward center of the brain. So, um, and this has been studied in, in psychology for a long time, the connection between personality traits and neurotransmitters. So those characteristics would tell us, okay, this person is dopamine dominant, meaning they are highly driven 
by the dopamine response in the brain, uh, which means that they're probably going to be more goal oriented, very driven. They're probably going to be maybe more perfectionist. Like I have to accomplish this goal. I'm going to do everything perfect to make it happen. Maybe they're going to be a little impatient. Like if they're not seeing results right away, they might be like, well, what the hell? It's been a week and I'm not down five pounds. Why is my (laughs) diet working? Right. So these are the insights that we get for each individual. When we know your personality, we can start to coach you in a way that makes sense based off of the way that you're wired. So we're not fighting against that. We're working with it. I hope that that no, kind of explains that it. Makes, it makes perfect sense. And it literally, again, like just comparing it back to like anything, especially for people that have like played sports or had a coach in some way, or even done like coaching. Um, I, I'm sure they're sitting there and they're like, holy shit, like the light bulbs are going off because it makes so much sense as to why you would do this. Because again, like, there's things that you can ask people, you know, when you're trying to find out um, when you're working with them, especially one-on-one. And it's like, do you, are you somebody who needs to see results more immediate so that you don't get like discouraged or um, bored or, you know, whatever. So it's like, you know, so you know how aggressively to set up their deficit and things like that. And so it just makes so much sense as to why um, this works for people because the results that, I mean, that people that work with um, your team one-on-one, like they're amazing. And so, I mean, it obviously works, but it, it, it this really explains as to why it does. Like I yeah. just think it's the coolest thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, like we know that consistency is what drives results. Um, yeah. So if you're able to align your plan with your personality, it's easier to stay consistent. Like you don't have to fight it. You know, like, okay, this is working with my nature. Um, you have, you know, there's, there's not as much uh, conflict with, with actually following through and you're intuitive enough and, and a great coach yourself. So you, you can pick up on things like, okay, for that person that I just talked about, like they need to see results quicker. So we can get a little bit more aggressive with training, they need to feel like they're winning each workout and getting stronger and adding weight to the bar, things like that. They're going to keep them motivated. Um, I'm going to kick my dogs out of the room real quick. I'm so sorry about that. Hang on a second. All right. That cracks me up. Otherwise, they will not stop until they get attention. That's bear. If he was in here, if he sees me either FaceTiming or on Zoom or just on speakerphone, he has to be, he's like, I don't understand why you're talking to that square. Like, why are you not talking to me? (laughs) I totally get it. Yeah. I'm the only one in the house right now. So they'll like follow me around and like they were just behaving and being good. But I think they know like, okay, once the camera's on now, we have to start. (laughs) That's exactly what they do. Okay, so I want to um, talk a little bit about, because I think you actually had a recent Instagram post um, on this, but yo-yo dieting and um, because, and you can talk about like the, I don't want to say the average client, because you probably work with like just a crazy um, different type of people as far as who you work with. But um, I mean, like men, women, different personalities, different ages, um, all that stuff. But as far as like yo-yo dieting, I guess like what are the, um, and you talked about this with your journey too, like that it's, I think we do the same thing over and over because in our mind we say, oh, it worked. That diet worked. I lost the weight, but then we gain it back. So it didn't really work. <laughs> but 
in our mind, it worked because we lost the weight. So I guess this is like a two-parter thing, like talking about like yo-yo dieting and like what you see there and like how, like where the light bulb moment is for people that come through that work with your team. Um, and anything you want to like go into with yo-yo dieting, because that's like a hot topic um, yeah. for me too. And then just, and we'll kind of go off of that, but because um, I have other questions I want to ask. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll let you dive into that one. So this is another situation where I'm going to start with the mindset first, because I think that has to be the starting point for basically anything that we talk about. When somebody is yo-yo dieting, we have to address why that is mentally. Like, So I, I witnessed this with people at the gym when I was training. And this was the first kind of pattern that I started to recognize with, with people who are in that trap of yo-yo dieting. The way that they would communicate to themselves was, I'm going to do this thing and then get back to normal, right? I'm going to do this diet and then get back to normal. I just want to lose these 20 pounds and then I'll get back to normal. And typically whatever it is that they're doing is often very restrictive. You're justifying an approach that is not sustainable. It's usually going to be like a 1200 calorie meal plan. Like I've tried 1200 calorie meal plans before. I've tried all these crazy fasting protocols. I've tried diets where I didn't, it was like three shakes in a meal, like all the nonsense. Yep. And it was, oh, the way that I would justify it was I'm going to do this thing to get this result and then I'll go back to normal. And the problem is that normal, quote unquote normal, got you to the place where you're not happy. So when you quote unquote go back to normal, you're literally going right back to where you were. It's, it's the mindset shift of, as cliche as it is to say, a true lifestyle change. If you really want to make a sustainable change, ask yourself, am I willing to do this forever? And if the answer is no, you shouldn't really be willing to do it at all. Now, yeah. there are always going to be sacrifices that need to be made. So that's not saying that there's not a time and a place to get more extreme or specific. Uh, my point is that for the most part, if something is going to make you miserable, like you're eliminating carbs altogether, or you're eating a thousand calories, and you know from experience that's going to make you miserable, but you're trying to convince yourself it's just for a result. It's just a means to an end. But consider if there's really two outcomes that happen. Number one is it works in terms of you lose weight on that approach. If it works, you are now married to that miserable approach because what you do to attain it is what you have to do to sustain it. Yeah. So you can't have carbs anymore. You can't go back to eating more than a thousand calories. All the things that you did to get there, you've basically married that miserable approach. And then the second thing that could happen is it doesn't work. And now you're going to be really pissed off because you're sacrificing a whole bunch of stuff for nothing to show for it. So that's where you, you know, the wheels come flying off. You're like, screw this. Why even bother? Yep. Neither outcome is very favorable. So run yourself through that question of, am I willing to do this forever? If yes, great. Now, a lot of people like, push back when it comes to macros. And I say, me personally, I am willing to track macros forever. That doesn't mean that I'm going to, but it's the, the key word is willing. If you, don't, if you told me like in order to maintain a healthy physique and to stay relatively lean for the rest of your life and to age well and to continue to stay strong and maintain your muscle, you have to track macros for the rest of your life. I'd be like, cool, sign me up. I'm in. Now, fortunately, I don't have to do that. I spend a lot of time not tracking. And then when I want to dial things in a little bit, I can track, but I would be willing to do that. So it works for me. For some people, they're not willing to do that forever. They're not even willing to consider doing it. So it might not be the best approach for some people, 
but it's kind of a simple filter to run yourself through to know if the approach is going to be sustainable long-term. That's the mental side of it. Physically, there are consequences to doing something extreme when it comes to your hunger hormones, when it comes to your metabolism, when it comes to, again, I mean, psychology wise, like if you're restricting, you're going to have bigger mood swings. You're going to be, you're going to have more anxiety. You're going to feel overwhelmed more. This is all happening on a hormonal level. And then you get an increase in hunger hormones. You get a decrease in sex hormones. So your sex drive is gone. You're moody. You might miss your cycle, all of these different red flags that come up physically. So then there's that part of it, which is your body is going to do whatever it can to get you back to homeostasis. Oftentimes you find yourself binging or overindulging, and then you blame yourself for not having enough willpower when in reality, it wasn't really your fault. You were just doing a program that wasn't sustainable. So that's kind of like the the mental and physical things that I look at for somebody that's yo-yo dieting. The first thing is, why are we doing this in the first place? And how are you communicating? Like, why does this matter to you? What do you ultimately want? Like, what's the end game here? And a lot of people fail to define where they want to go, which is a problem. Like, if we don't know the end destination and we don't know where we're starting, then directions don't matter, right? Like, if I was going to use Waze or GPS, if I don't know where I'm starting and I don't know where I'm going, the directions are meaningless. So a lot of people have to define, like, where are you at right now? Ultimately, where do you want to go? And then we can come up with the best plan to get there. Yep. Nope. That's awesome. Um, and you talked about binge eating and this is another question that I'll get, um, on Wednesdays on my Q and I, when I do it on Instagram, people ask, and I can give like tips and things that, cause I, um, and I think you did too, in, in terms of your journey, but I was like really bad with binging for a long time. And I'll see some people say like, Oh, macros is what um, got me to quit binging. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, I feel like some coaches use that to like sell a program. Um, but can you talk about some things with like binge eating that you would recommend to um, if someone come in and wanted to work with you in terms of coaching, like where would be the starting point in terms of them saying like, I want to lose weight, but I find myself binging every weekend. Like, what would be your prescription for that person? Even like down to some things that you would recommend for them to do outside of like the nutritional piece. Like, you know, does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah, totally. Um, I love this question. So the first thing that I want to assess are, is like the low hanging fruit. And typically the low hanging fruit is, are you being really restrictive in terms of like your overall calories? Are you trying to eat 1200 calories a day, are you trying to eat a thousand calories a day? And then that's causing you to binge because there's an actual energy deficit. Like sometimes people think binge is like a moral flaw. It could be your body trying to protect you and keep you alive, which is your body's only goal in life is just to keep you alive. Um, so it could just be an energy deficit, which happens a lot. It's like, well, I don't know why I'm binging. It's, well, you're trying to eat 800 calories a day and your body wants some damn energy. So like it's sending these signals and you're doing the right thing. You're getting in the energy. Um, the other thing is restricting for certain periods of time. Like it could just be a, a weekday thing where people try to be perfect Monday through Friday. And because they're so rigid and trying to be so, per- so perfect that uh, the wheels come flying off on the weekends, that can be a, a psychological thing where it's like, now I don't have my routine. My routine is slightly off. So our, our brain and our bodies feel very comfortable with predictability when we have that known routine Monday through Friday, it can stay very rigid and regimented. And then all of a sudden the weekend hits and you're kind of off 
and there's a little bit of uncertainty and I don't know when my next meal is going to be. And I don't know like what time, like my, my kid's game got rescheduled and I don't know when I'm going to be in this place. And now all of a sudden you lose that rigidity and it forces you to binge. Um, and then we get into the more nuanced version, which is, is there some kind of an emotional outlet or stress eating or something that's going on um, that could either be a pattern that was established from a very young age? It could be, you know, things that you saw in your house. It could have been a traumatic response to something. It could be a mechanism that you use to cope with emotions from when you were younger. Uh, it could be because you have a lot of other stressors in your life and that's causing you to use food as, as something that's comfortable and comforting. Um, so that's kind of like the more nuanced version where we really have to unpack what's going on with each individual and, and why is that happening? Um, so outside of nutrition, like from a nutritional standpoint, we want to make sure that we're eating adequately, like taking away the rigidity, taking away the restriction, adding more freedom and flexibility. Um, but then we also have to look at your life in general. Like, again, what is the life that you actually desire? Does it in include being social? Does it include family dinners? Does it include vacations? And like, let's make sure that we're doing what you actually want. Um, I always think like an important reframe that I have for people is instead of thinking of like more, like more results, more progress, more weight loss. Think about closer, like closer yeah. to where you want to be. Cause then you can start to understand if closer, like what you actually want is more time with family and friends, but you're avoiding family and friends. So you can hit your, you know, your meal plan or your macros or whatever it may be like, that's moving you further away. Yep. So even if you're being quote unquote good, like, oh, I stayed on my meal plan. I, I hit these numbers perfectly, but it actually moved you further away from what you just said you want. So try to think of it in terms of moving you closer and identifying the things that are really important to you. And that's more so like outside of nutrition, like get outside, go for a walk, spend time with friends, spend time with family, you know, do the things that really fulfill you. And let's have nutrition be like part of that lifestyle, not the only piece that we focus on. That makes sense. That, yes, it does. And that's so good because um, you're literally the first person that I've ever heard like put it in that way. And I think for, cause even for me, I'm like, it was like a light bulb moment. Um, even though I haven't struggled with like binging in years, but I think that there are going to be so many people that listen to that and go like, Holy shit, that is, that is so good. Um, because people again, like think of it as like, how quickly can I get to that goal? And like, again, I've been bad or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. That was just so, so good. And I know so many people are going to take so much away from that. So I'm so glad that you kind of went in that direction because that was just really good. Um, anything else as far as like that you would say, um, cause I really like this topic in terms of um, the yo-yo dieting, the binging. I know we kind of talked about this um, before we jumped on here, but people that you see that truly have like low metabolisms or think that they, um, they really are like their metabolism is downregulated to the 1200 calories or whatever. Do you find that that's really the case most of the time? Or do you, do you find it's more of a, they're just super inconsistent? Um, and so they, think that they're really only able to eat 1200 calories, but they're not actually like weighing and measuring all their food. They're not tracking daily, things like that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like 
eating 1200 calories a day consistently is not easy to do. Um, So (laughs) oftentimes we find people who are doing that, but then they're overindulging or they're mindlessly snacking and they don't remember, um, or they're, you know, they have like one blowout day, but they don't, they're still like, well, my numbers are 1200, even though I had this like Saturday night where I went off the rails, but I'm still eating 1200 calories. Uh, when in reality, the weekly averages are probably much higher. Um, and again, like the things that we talked about where your body is craving more energy, that's an adaptation. Our bodies are very resilient and they adapt really well to whatever inputs and outputs we send. And I think that's why we, you know, we, again, I, I mentioned the number one priority for your body is to keep you alive. We are able to thrive and survive because of the adaptive nature of our body, of our metabolism. So when you are eating less, yes, your body will downregulate as a response to that, but it will also upregulate as a response to eating more. So it's not like you're putting your metabolism in this permanent state of being slower just because you under Now there are certainly situations where you can do serious hormonal damage from like very restrictive protocols, um, you know, if you're actually eating like thousand calories or less per day and you're active and you have a lot of stress in your life, uh, we are very good at adapting to acute stress. Chronic stress is a major issue. So if you're doing that for a long period of time, there could be um, damage that is unfortunate from a metabolic standpoint, psychological standpoint. Most people are not in that place. Yeah. The majority of people, uh, even if they feel like, well, I don't know what happens because I start eating 1200 calories and then I'm not losing. Oftentimes we just need to send the signal in the other direction where if you eat it, if you ate a little bit more and you were a little bit more flexible and actually gave yourself, um, you know, some leeway, you'd be more consistent. Like I would prefer you to eat 1700 calories consistently versus 1200 calories inconsistently. So like, all of a sudden you'll see the difference in your metabolism and how it feels and your energy levels and your performance and recovery. And I'm just throwing out arbitrary numbers. I think that most people, their true maintenance is typically a little bit higher than they actually believe. But on the same token, a lot of people are eating more than they actually think they're eating. So there's, there's kind of like a balance that we have to find with each person of like, where is that sweet spot for you, where you have the flexibility, you feel really good, you know, We want to look at biofeedback, like your energy levels, your hunger, your cravings, your stress, digestion, make sure that your body is communicating that it feels good. Like you should feel good in the gym. You should feel recovered. You should sleep well at night. You should have a sex drive. You should be digesting foods. Well, if any of those things are off, it's, it's probably a red flag that, you know, something's not right either from a quality standpoint, quantity or other stressors like outside of nutrition, it could be life that's getting in the way that we need to focus on like pulling back a little bit, winding down, not always trying to do too much. Like I, you know, we work with a lot of clients who are high performers, like, you know, women who are moms working full time, like either running a business or just, you know, high level um, executives, things like that, who are dominating life, but there's so much stress that like the physical part of it is just adding stress. It's, it's so much more effective to simplify instead of trying to add stress on top of stress by doing like a 1200 calorie plan, which, you know, again, inconsistency. And then you're like, well, my metabolism sucks. Like it it doesn't really suck. We just need to find the right approach for you. Yes. Yes. I think that's so good. 
um, I think that's a really good place for me to be respectful of your time too and kind of wrap up. But um, if you will share where people can find you, um, I know obviously when I release this episode, I'll make sure I tag you so people can find you on Instagram, but, um, and where they can do the quiz. I know you have a personality quiz for, um, do you, do you still have that? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I'll let you share where everybody can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah. So if anybody wants to uh, follow me on Instagram, it's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. Um, I can promise you that you'll see in my stories, the dogs who are interrupting me because <laughs> that's pretty much all I share on my stories. And then uh, for the personality assessment, you can go to neurotypetraining.com. Um, it's N-E-U-R-O-T-Y-P-E training.com and uh, take the free assessment there. Awesome. And I'll make sure I link that um, in the description for everybody too. But I just want to thank you again, because I think this is going to be so helpful um, for so many people, because again, that those are the most common things that I hear about um, in my DMs and on the ask me anything. So I appreciate you diving into that stuff. Um, I'm super excited for everyone to get to find you on Instagram too, because I always love your little infographics that you um, share because they're always so like, just, I love the brutal honesty of, of that stuff. Cause it's like how, you know, I am too. It's like no BS. It's like, here it is. And you're like, huh, I feel seen right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if anybody is offended by like direct brutal honesty, then probably not best to no follow. Uh, follow me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Mike, yeah. oh, and then everybody is- should uh, check out the episode that you did on my podcast. Um, it's yes. mind over macros. Um, so that was a really good episode that everybody can listen to, um, on any podcast platform. Yes. I love that. Um, thank you again. And, um, yeah, until next time guys, um, you can follow Mike on Instagram and check out the, um, his personality quiz. And if you're looking for one-on-one coaching again, cause this is something I get asked all the time. Mike has a team of coaches that, again, they can work around your personality and make sure they get a diet catered to you. So um, make sure you check out the link in the description for um, his quiz and check him out on Instagram. Mike, thanks again. Thanks so much for having me. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Empowered Radio. If you enjoyed the episode or found a value in it, could you do me two quick favors? One. Take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tag me in it so I can say thanks. And two, could you subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star rating and review in iTunes? It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode.